This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to Grief Relief. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, um, we're going to talk about a topic that I know that you feel very passionate about and know a lot about, and uh, we're going to have somebody on who's a friend of yours, and we're going to talk about the death of an adult sibling. Actually, you don't know that much about it because you haven't lost an adult sibling, but I think there it's going to be interesting to find out the differences in losing a sibling who is a teenager and as opposed to losing an adult sibling. So why don't you introduce our guest today? I will, and I just want to say something, Mom. And Brenda and I have talked about this. Brenda is a dear friend of mine. I adore her. She is an international expert in this field. She is really my go-to person when I am doing something on sibling loss and need to bounce something off of her or when I'm writing about something professionally and I need to talk to her. Um, Although my brother, Scott, was not an adult, I was. But I was barely an adult. I was 20. So it is interesting. And we're going to talk today about what, it is, what's that, what is that like when you are an adult and your sibling dies because there are a lot of similarities in sibling loss, but there's also some unique differences. And Brenda Marshall, who is our guest today, did her doctoral dissertation on this topic and interviewed three siblings who had had a loss extensively and did a qualitative study. So we're going to talk to her about her findings and what she's found over the years in her own experience and with her clients. So Dr. Brenda Marshall is a speaker, coach, and educator in the field of bereavement. Her interest in providing help to others who have lost a sibling came after the sudden death of her younger brother, Brent. She is the author of Adult Sibling Loss, Stories, Reflections, and Ripples. Welcome to the show, Brenda. Thank you. Hi, Brenda. It's great to have you on today. Well, talk Thank a little so bit to start out with about your brother, Brent. He died in 2006. How old was he, and how did he die? Yeah, he was just 38 years old, and he died from a strep infection that somehow jumped into his bloodstream and was misdiagnosed as the flu. So it was very sudden. Mm-hmm. Got one of those dreadful calls that I needed to come immediately to the hospital where he had been rushed, and uh, he died less than 24 hours later. Wow. And I have to say, he was this big, hulking fellow, a hockey player. You know, we used to mountain bike together. We used to walk our dogs together. We did so much together. He was a healthy guy, and to lose him so suddenly like this was just absolutely devastating for me. That's amazing, Brenda, that here your brother is. Here Brent is 38, prime of his life, healthy, fit, et cetera, has strep throat and then dies within 24 hours? Yeah, in less than 24 hours. And, in fact, what they said was he didn't have strep throat, but he must have come in contact with someone who had that bug, and it just, for whatever reason, jumped into his bloodstream without him knowing. Wow, that's unbelievable. So I, I should have said that you're from Canada, so I'm just thinking of you up in the Toronto area walking your dogs and, and doing all those things together. So you spent a lot of, a lot of time with him. Yeah. Uh, we used to talk pretty well every day on the phone. 
So what did you found in your research? I was interested in intriguing with Heidi saying that there are similarities with the death of a younger sibling, but with an adult sibling, because I think that there is so much attention when you have a sibling who's younger die, but I'm sure there's different kinds of attention with an older sibling. How does that go? Yeah, I think what... um what I'd say is unique for an adult is because we are adults, we have that cognitive ability to understand how dreadful this is for our parents to have lost a child. And many adult siblings have children of their own. So I've heard more than one say, you know, if this happened to one of my children, I wouldn't be able to go on. I don't know how my parents do. So there's this instant feeling of just, my gosh, how will my parents survive? So there's that understanding. And then there is just this feeling that you have to jump in and try to fix everything for everyone. So you may be supporting your brother or sister spouse. Um, Maybe they had children who you feel you need to jump in and help. You're trying to support your parents. So all of those adult responsibilities you take on. And then typically, as an adult, you may have a family of your own. You may have your own kids, your own partner or spouse. And so you're trying to juggle all that as well. So I think there's a mix of things that go on that make it particularly complex. And, and Brenda, your brother Brent had a couple of kids that he, that he left behind, didn't he? He did. Two very young children. And um, it's interesting... After he died, they were the first ones who I was able to talk to about what he was like growing up because they wanted to know. They would say, tell me a story about Daddy. And where other people in in the family were really having a hard time talking about him, um, his two little children wanted to know all about him. And, And I know for me that became just a very powerful feeling of gaining a, a connection with him. And they still ask me about stories today, and it's now been... What, what uh, a great seven. gift that you're giving these little kids by, by passing along your childhood stories to them. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I often feel like uh, I'm holding my brother's hand somewhere in the universe, and I'm reaching mm-hmm. down and trying to hold his children's hands on his behalf and try to form some little connection you know, almost as a bridge as they go through their life. That's a beautiful image, isn't it, Mom? Yeah, it's really lovely. I, I was wondering, for some of maybe the people that you've interviewed or thought about, um, what happens if, uh, say, brothers or sisters remarry, and is what happens to the family then? Here you've got the the kids that are, you know, related to you, but then the spouse remarries, be it husband or wife, and... Is there a movement away, and what happens to that family? Yeah, that, that's that's interesting. I think I've heard stories that go either way. Sometimes the spouse chooses to, you know, move away and try to start a new life with someone new and, and leaves the other family behind. Um, and other times they remain in contact. And so that becomes something, again, that, that has to be renegotiated. Many siblings I talked to have, have shared how... They have to renegotiate this relationship with the surviving spouse to figure out, you know, are you still my brother-in-law? Are you still my sister-in-law? And how do we interact? Um, and, you know, do your kids still want to play with my kids? It, it's, again, another level that's very complex, and it's different for every family. 
Yeah, I was thinking, uh, I've just seen some situations, because I was a family therapist for many years, where there's a lot of animosity with the parents are not able to see their grandchildren or don't feel connected. And then the siblings get caught into that because they become kind of the one that tries to negotiate for the parents sometimes or or the family or they want they don't want to join the parents in being angry with this person and they end up have, having to take sides and they can get in the center can't they yeah for sure and and um the other thing i've heard from people is that as a surviving sibling you again feel like a bridge trying to smooth over communication challenges that may happen between your deceased sibling's partner and your parents or between that partner and other family members, um, always trying to to do what's right. That's what I hear so often, that they're just trying to do what's right to try and make the best out of what's happened. The, The other thing that I see, and you can weigh in on this, Brenda, was that when you're an adult and a sibling dies, at least in my situation, I was 20 at the time, I really felt like my grief was marginalized and minimized and disenfranchised because I was not living at home. And I felt like the focus with the sibling, in the sibling situation, was my sister that was living in the home. And so, therefore, her loss must have been worse, and she must have had a bigger connection with my brother than I did. And even to this day, I I feel like that. I feel like there's some kind of a hierarchy or, or, you know, an understanding out there where people are judging and saying, okay, the people that lived in the home had the, more, uh, had the bigger connections and therefore they suffered the bigger losses. And I don't know if you've seen that in, with siblings that are no longer living together. Oh, for sure. I, I think the other thing I, I say is the most common question uh, a brief sibling gets is, oh, my gosh, how are your parents? Mm-hmm. Or, oh, my gosh. How is the spouse or how are the children? They, they very seldom have someone say, oh, my gosh, how are you? This must be dreadful for you. And so absolutely that very similar, Heidi, in that because you're not living in the home, people assume, well, you must be busy with your own life, so how bad can this be for you? And I heard that over and over again. Uh, one of the, the individuals I interviewed uh, for the book said to me, the most I've ever been able to talk about my sister in, in the last 10 years has been with you because no one ever wants to hear about her anymore. Mm. And, and the, also the idea of being strong for our parents. Yeah. You know, and so that, you know, be strong and take care of your parents. They've been through so much. So as you said, the focus is often on the parents and what they're going through. And you and I know that they're going through a lot because we're we're seeing it. Yes. Yes, for sure. And I I see that. I I call that protect the parents. And and that's either, you know, by jumping in, trying to smooth things over, trying to play the role that that sibling played. Um, I had one person who contacted me and said uh, they'd lost two siblings. And a family friend said to this fellow, you know, you'd better live the rest of your life very carefully because your parents can't go through this again. Wow. So just that, that burden um, that you've got to somehow protect your parents. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, again, becomes another layer. What, what kind of support is there for siblings out there? 
as adults. Well, and Heidi can probably comment on this as well from your experience, but I personally uh, have yet to find a sibling loss group anywhere in the vicinity of where I live. I just did a workshop on the weekend for bereaved siblings, and there were people who traveled from more than two hours away in fairly tough weather to come because never had they ever been invited for anything to do with siblings. Hmm. They'd been invited to groups for what were called others or adult loss, but never anything specific to siblings. So I still don't see uh, very much of it here. And uh, there's more and more books, and they're typically always written by a bereaved sibling. But again, it's not the focus. It's not the loss that's considered one of the most significant ones. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Compassionate Friends does have sibling loss groups, but they don't have it. They find it hard to keep them going, and they don't have a lot. But I see what you see, Brenda. Whenever I have a, a client that's a brief sibling and they want to be in a group, there are tons of groups in New York City, but they're not specifically for brief siblings. So all of a sudden, they find themselves in a group where people have brief parents and they have brief children, and it's a mixed group, and that's not as helpful. Mm-hmm. No. No, and, and I've had uh, people say, you know, I just want to talk to another sibling. I, I don't want to hear from these other losses, not that they're not important, but uh, one said to me on the weekend, every time I go to one of these mixed groups, I start to feel as I sit at that table that maybe I shouldn't be there, maybe my loss isn't as bad as everyone else is. Mm. Well, that's, that's one of the problems, I think, right there. Because, yeah. you know, people start getting into a whose loss is worse kind of situation, and then you feel like, okay, well, maybe I don't have the right to my loss. I didn't lose oh. a child, so maybe my loss wasn't as significant, and you, you, it kind of shuts you down mm-hmm. rather than allows a, pla- a safe place for you to be able to talk about what you're missing or what's unique about losing a brother or a sister. I, I, I think it's just that lack of opening to say anything about your brother or sister. You know, everyone else's grief seems to be worse. Well, I'm sure some of the griefs that come up in a mixed group are loss of a spouse because there's so many people who have lost spouses. As you know, time goes on, your spouse dies before they do. So, so the um, you, in a mixed group, you probably have just number wise. If you you know, loss of a parent would be the first, and then loss of a spouse number wise, uh, rather than loss of a sibling. So, I, I love this unique space. Do you do you find the internet uh, helpful and? In addressing this? That's actually a place that I went to, um, and I exchanged uh, comments and dialogue with other bereaved siblings on the internet. Uh, and it's something that I found when, when talking to groups is, is just being able to share that, you know, when a sibling dies, there is no opportunity to replace that person. So that sibling spouse may find someone new and may find a new relationship and be excited about that new relationship, but you will never have an opportunity to find any kind of replacement relationship. So it's, it's really such a significant loss, and yet there's just so few places that recognize it as such. So it's great that the Internet has now become a place, and certainly on Open to Hope, there's lots of dialogue about sibling loss. I was also going to say um, the Compassionate Friends has, and, and I'm on their board and my mom used to be, they have a Facebook page called Sounds of the Siblings, which is a mm. great place to go and just talk about things that you're dealing with as a brief sibling, and, and it's for siblings of all ages. So that's mm. a good forum, too. And like, and like you said, Brenda, we've done a lot of shows, and Brenda's been on our shows about sibling loss and a lot of webinars. 
for anybody out there that wants more information about how to help their children or how what siblings may be going through that is, that's listening. Right. So you can just go on, open to help, and uh, click on sibling loss. So, Brenda, tell us how to get your book. It's a wonderful book. It's it's really a nice read because it's talking about sibling loss in a story context and talking about some of the people Brenda's interviewed and their pictures, and uh, it's a lovely book. You've done a great job. And how do people get a hold of it? The Adult Sibling Loss Stories, Refre- Reflections, and Ripples. Yeah, thanks, Gloria. It's, it's available on Amazon. Dot com, so you can easily just click on their website and order it there, or it can be ordered directly from the publisher, Baywood Publishing, Inc. And I gave it an endorsement, and I read it when it was still in manuscript form, and it really resonated with me. So all the siblings that are listening, please get it, because I was underlining it and highlighting it. It, it will speak to you, and, and you will not feel alone and you will feel like others have, have been through this kind of a loss, like Brenda, and made it and found hope again. Yep. So thank you, Brenda, for writing that. And, and I want to talk about the other book that you're doing right now that, that's very much in the kind of beginning stages, right? You're doing a new sibling yes. loss book. Yes, we're doing sibling, uh, sibling loss across the lifespan and looking at the experience of sibling loss through each age group. And um, Heidi, you're one of the contributors, which is wonderful. And uh, so we're combining both a research perspective, a clinical perspective, and then we've got stories from uh, individuals who lost their siblings in specific age groups just to share what the lived experience is like. So it's very exciting, um, and uh, we're really looking forward to that coming together and adding to the literature. It'll be the first book of its kind. That's great. That's amazing, and I love how you've combined research, clinical, and stories, and you have almost, I mean, you have everybody that's, that's in the sibling loss world that's out there that's written about it, that's spoken about it, and that's done research in this book. I love all the people that are contributing. So I'm excited to be part of that and can't wait to see what it looks and like. thanks for being on so our thank show. You, Brenda, thank you, Brenda, for bringing awareness out there to everybody about sibling loss. Thank you both. Well, Heidi, uh, this adult sibling loss, there just isn't a lot on it. But, you know, I was thinking uh, this book, just to have people think about it would be a great book to give to somebody who's lost a sibling with a little note. You know, you don't have to have lost a sibling to get this book and give it to a friend because I know um, literature like this can be very helpful and sometimes you don't know what to say and handing them this book would be a wonderful thing to somebody who'd lost a sibling because, you know, it's hard to know what to do. I agree with you, Mom, and I think not only do siblings like to read about these things, but parents like to read about what their children are going through, whether they're adults or, you know, younger. They want, they're just curious to know so that they can help them. So I think it would be good for them as well. Absolutely. Well, thanks for everybody listening to the show today, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, Others have been where you are. They made it through.
and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.